Welcome back, dear listeners, to the Pasithea Powder. The following recordings continue the thorny little tale of Captain Sophie Green and Dr. Jane Gonzalez, two women from the planet of Cassandra, and the secrets they discovered after the war. Last time, Sophie prepared to go back to war, albeit a very different war from the one she left. The night before shipping out, she finally sent Jane a message, her first since the night Jane stole Sophie's comms unit and betrayed all her secrets to ace reporter Eleanor Lopez. A very special thanks to premium patron Cece Fong, who helped make this episode possible. This is episode 13, Missing Things. Let us begin. Sophie, I, um, I was hoping I'd catch you before you left. Tomorrow, you said? Or, or later today, I guess. Um, it's late. I didn't catch up on my stream until... I've been getting a lot of messages lately. It's easy to miss things. <sighs> I'm glad you called. I've miss talking to you, hearing from you, even though you'd, I'd obviously understand if you never wanted to hear from me again. I'm sorry. Taking your comms was a desperate move. I never wanted, I didn't want to hurt you. I'm sorry that I did. Okay. Hopefully that's not, um, all you wanted to hear from me. I'm doing okay. I don't know if you heard, but I'm staying on Nemea now. At the local ASD headquarters. Or not, not at them. I'm staying in a hotel, but that's where I'm working. You probably already know this. They've been having me talk to reporters. Um, apparently everyone needs to hear from my own mouth that I'm still okay and still doing science. Otherwise the citizenry gets jumpy and start talking about transparency and the Azulian conflict and the likelihood of how getting put up for re-election. So reporters. Um, but I can practically hear you saying that I must think a lot of myself, assuming that you've seen my interviews. God. So I'm living on Nemea. I'm, uh, I'm working for the allied scientific division. They let me pick my own team, if you can believe that. This time six months ago, Blanc was picking my outfits, and now I get to pick the scientists I want to work with. Not just from Nemea, from the whole PSA. They didn't even give me a short list. They literally just asked me to make a list and said they'd get back to me with replies. Mordecai Weber? Ty Morgan? Lorelei Shaw? They said yes. These are the people whose work I read at university. I wrote my first ever essay on Dr. Weber's research. And they're my team. So, so I'm here with a lot of extremely smart people who I'm supposed to be in charge of, even though I have um, zero experience with this kind of thing. I was one of the most junior people in Rowley's lab. I was only on her team at all because there was a war and she was desperate for help. I went right from the classroom to developing Pasithea. That's the only thing on my resume. Well, that and developing it again last year, but honestly, that was mostly Allegros and Costa. I just helped. 
Anyway, so I'm I'm a little unqualified to be uh, telling some of the greatest minds in the Planetary Strategic Alliance what to do. On the other hand, uh, none of the greatest minds in the Planetary Strategic Alliance have ever handled anything like Pasithea before, and I have. So uh, we're, we're working on a way to reverse it, if that wasn't clear. On the off chance that you're still listening to this message, what, what are you doing? You're leaving, you're, maybe you're sleeping, maybe you're already gone. I don't, I know they sometimes have you ship out at ungodly hours and, oh, right, there's a time difference. God, you've probably already left. You're probably, um, so, uh, tell me about the tortoise, if you want to. Stay safe. I completely forgot what the first few days on a new ship are like. Every second I get a moment to myself, you know, just starting a new show or just nodding off in the middle of like a private moment. Just when I think I can breathe, it's Captain Green, there's a suspicious rock starboard. Or Captain Green, was it the purple switch or the pink keypad I shouldn't touch? Or, oh God, my actual favorite. Captain Green, if an other turns into my father, will my father know about it? <laughs> All from the kids, obviously. There is a distinct possibility that Lieutenants Salazar and Steptoe are hazing them, sending them my way with such stupid questions, which would be hilarious if it weren't happening to me. I'll tell them to knock it off eventually. They know how the Pasithea gun works, but when I told them how close they'd want to get to be sure of their shot, they went a little gray. <laughs> Salazar and Stepto mostly kept it together because they know how ship-to-ship -ship works, but it's still mostly theoretical for the rest, and blasting off to possible death is bad enough without throwing the possibility of having to shoot their grandmother's point-blank into the mix. I know what it's called, by the way, but I am absolutely going to keep calling it a Pasithea gun just to bother you. Anyway, the stupid questions, the hazing, for now it's probably better for morale than anything else. Reason being, and the reason I have a second to call you actually, is um, we're back on Tyrannus. Just overnight, just to charge up and go. I think I told you we're on patrol, essentially. Since we don't have a sense of their battle plan, we're just sort of trawling the other's hunting grounds. So you can understand why I got sent here. Back here. I kind of thought when we landed I might see Junior Delegate Bob, but no. Just PSA surface troops there for defense, they say. I asked them where the shower house was and they had nothing to say to me. We were on a different part of the planet than last time or I could have gotten us there myself, so we kind of wandered around the docking bay for a while until this custodian came over and pointed us in the right direction. It's different than last time. All the PSA soldiers, for one thing, but it's more than that. It's like how to explain it. It's like everyone's bracing for impact, or getting ready to brace for impact. They're running around battening down the hatches now, then presumably they'll assume the position and wait, and then... and then what? Anyway, everyone has their ground duties, and I'm done with mine, so I finally, finally, glory hallelujah, have time for myself. Here, I'll uh, turn my video on so you can see... So... That's the bottom of the bunk, above mine. The tortoise wasn't originally built for long hauls, so it uh, doesn't have a captain's cabin, so I just have a standard all to myself, which 
I don't mind. I don't know what I would do with all that extra space. See, um, down by my toes, that's the uh, privy. Desk over there. Mirror! Hi. Uh, that up there is the UV lamp. Very glamorous. Um, and if I get up here, you can see the absolute splendor that is the hidden wardrobe and all of my identical clothes. Ta-da! Anticlimactic, but we don't all have Eleanor Lopez's production values. On that, um, I mean, like, yeah, I didn't love how every time I turned on the news, it was you getting piped in from your cozy new PSA pad while everyone in basic death glared me over breakfast. But also, I guess I gotta count myself one of the citizenry on this, because it was good to know that they hadn't lined you up against a brick wall, you know? I personally would be opposed to that course of action happening. So, like, that's good. That's good that you gotta pick your team, which you are fucking qualified to lead, by the way. What the fuck? And a cure is, I mean, a reversal, whatever you call it. That's cool. That's, I mean, it's about fucking time, but... That's good work you're doing there. <clears throat> okay, <laughs> but uh, there's something we have to debrief on. Blanc was picking your outfits? I thought that jumpsuit number was like a mandatory thing. Choice went into that. I mean, you pulled it off, but it's weird to imagine Blanc or anyone from the Queen's Guard just sitting down and flipping through a, what, prisoner dress-up catalog? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Yes? Oh, sorry, Captain. What is it? You're busy. What? We're delayed. Rather than charging the rear grid, the individual responsible drained it. Oh, for fuck's sake. You notified- It's not a problem. Okay, we'll talk about it later. Thank you, Captain. <sighs> well, I should go. Never a dull moment in other cliches. I don't remember how to end these things when I'm not yelling at you. Bye? Jesus. This is Captain Sophie Green, and this is my first transmitted report for Agent Cullen. Not much to report. Our journey to Tyrannus was uneventful. Our departure will be delayed due to officer error, but we'll easily make up the time. Crew is healthy, ship's in good condition, weapons accounted for, no sign of any others. I told you about Blanc picking out my outfits. At the Summer Palace, Secret Manor, whatever it was outside of Santa Viola, where Reina Valencia was stashing her scientists and her alien prisoners. There were a bunch of dresses in that closet, and I definitely didn't pick any of them out. God, it's nice to wear real person clothes again. You know I've never exactly followed fashion, but just... Well, here, I'll turn my camera on. Yeah, that's just a hotel room. Pretty nondescript. But a significant improvement from previous rooms I've had is that it has a lock on the inside instead of just the outside. Um, but here... Uh, see? I picked out this sweater. It's boring, I know. It's just black, but it's warm. It's mine. <laughs> I used to take wearing my own clothes for granted. Not anymore.
Oh, no, that's a bad angle. I look like I have six chins. I'm going to just, yeah, camera off. Anyway, I don't spend most of my time thinking about clothes. I've really been very busy doing science. And it sounds like you've been really busy herding cats. <laughs> or ducklings, maybe. Isn't it strange that this time around we aren't the wonderkind people have senselessly put in charge of things because desperate times call for desperate measures, but just, like, the people with the most relevant experience? Maybe it's not strange to you. It makes me feel old. Or it would, uh, if all of my subordinates weren't constantly reminding me that they have children my age. I have exactly one teammate my age, and they are... Not staying. Just a little personnel issue. Um, I don't know how to end these either. Stay safe and I'll, I'll talk to you soon. You have reached the administrative offices. One moment. Dr. Gonzalez! I didn't think I'd be hearing from you again so soon. Are you settled into your new offices? Yes, but... And the facilities, are they up to snuff? I know they must be state-of-the-art compared to what you were used to on Cassandra. The facilities are beautiful. I have no complaints about the facilities. Then how are your team shaping up? I, I think they've all transitioned to Namia by now. Did everyone make it in okay? Interstellar travel can be tricky on the digestive system. Everyone's fine. Their digestive systems, as far as I know, are operating within standard parameters. What? I hope you're not asking for a budget increase. Not at this early stage. I thought we'd come up with a very generous proposal for you. You've been incredibly generous. I don't need more money or more resources. Well, I, I thought we'd discuss the necessity of the media appearances. We have. I'm not going to try and cancel my interviews again. Then it sounds like maybe you'd better tell me what's come up, Dr. Gonzalez. Whatever it is, I'm sure we can solve it together. There's an extra person on my team. Uh-huh. A person I did not request to be there. You told me I could pick my team, and I did not pick Dr. Moreau. I've never heard of Dr. Moreau before. I've never read their work. I have no idea what their qualifications are. Is that all? Surely someone can dig you up a resume. Uh, there, I've got one. My assistant is sending one over to you now. Uh, George Moreau. They hold a doctorate from Universidad Mediana in Applied Chemistry and Xenobiology. That's relevant to your project. I didn't pick them. We got you everyone you asked for, Dr. Gonzalez. We are just asking you to take on one of our picks as well. We think that will help your project succeed. So you're telling me this is about the success of the project and not the fact that Moreau is Median. Do you have a problem working with Medeans, Dr. Gonzalez? No. Because the paperwork we had you fill out made our policy on discrimination on the basis of race, gender, religion, or planet of origin very clear. I'm not prejudiced. I just don't want politics in my lab. Well, tough titties. Politics are everywhere, hun. You want to get away from it, you kick the wrong line of work. Twice. I understand the position I'm in. Which is why I agreed to spend half my life in front of a microphone. You were the one who told me that it wouldn't affect my work. And it's not. Look, you understand that Medea is a big planet full of big bombs, right? They're the big planet who bombed the hell out of mine two years ago. Yes, I remember. And you remember they're not a part of the PSA. You don't need to give me a civics lesson. Well, see, apparently I do, because you seem to have forgotten that Medea is the only planet to have been directly threatened by weaponized Pasithea use. 
that Medea agreed to a ceasefire specifically because we stepped in to stop Cassandra from making any more Pasithea, and that Medea had no idea, until your Eleanor Lopez exclusive, that Cassandra was working with the PSA to make more Pasithea. Lots of people above your pay grade have been working very hard to make sure this doesn't wind up with more bombs dropping over Cassandran cities. So, George Moreau, they're on your team. Congratulations. I want to do fewer interviews. Dr. Gonzalez. If having a Medean scientist on my team can help stop a war, a Pasithea antidote would help a great deal more. Give me more time to work and less time spent applying coral lipstick and smiling for the cameras. You're a tough negotiator, Dr. Gonzalez. I'll have my assistant see what she can do. Thank you so much for your attention to this matter. Unless there is anything else? There's nothing else. Then good luck and good night. I thought I might get you. Sorry, it's weirdly dark in here. The lighting on board is designed to reflect, like, a natural circadian rhythm or something. It can be jarring when we touch down somewhere completely different where it's, like, noon. <laughs> but these long haulers don't need to touch down much. Anyhow, I can't sleep. How are you? Sounds like things are good, other than the other scientists being Aegis dicks. I guess if they don't knock off soon, you could turn it around, like... I know I'm your kid's age, but I'm the one in charge, so what does that say about you? Kind of thing. Doesn't sound like something you would do, but maybe if you really snapped, you could have that in the old back pocket. Or front pocket. That sweater looked like it had pockets. You should put the video on more often. It was good to see natural light, land. The crew watches movies, so they're all set on that, but I try not to join in too often. Gotta maintain some mystery, you know? When I first joined up, I had a captain who tried to be our friend, and it was good at first, but when things got ugly and he had to put his foot down, it was just embarrassing for him. I remember telling Evelyn about it on leave when we were trying out talking to each other again. He didn't love hierarchies, obviously, but he was big on boundaries, the dweeb. So, like, I think about his little face whenever the ducklings ask if I want to watch whatever rom-com they've got going on, and I say, no, thanks, I think I'll pass. I guess that sounds lonely, but it's different from the friendship delegation. It's more like stoking the belly of one of those ye olde all-hands-on-deck engines. Sounds, it sounds kind of like you're feeling it, too. There's no one here I know, really, but I'm part of something every second. We're getting somewhere. And Salazar Stepto and I have this rotating canasta tournament going with whoever's not on watch. So... There's things to do that aren't staring out the porthole watching the stars blink out. Honestly, I'm really fucking busy. It's the best. It's probably why I can't sleep. During the war, I was so good at grabbing shut-eye when I could, and now it takes me like two hours to ease into it. And even then, sometimes it's no good. I ran up and down the lower deck the other day to tire myself out. That worked pretty well. Today, I had to go over the log with Salazar. There were these inconsistencies, probably Steptoe's fault, it's a new system for her. Nothing big, but like, we lived two days twice, covered different ground each day, that kind of thing. <laughs> now I'm probably putting you to sleep. Oh, um, also, in case it wasn't obvious, we're orbiting Tyrannus about two AUs out. There's a nebula out there that's, I think, aquamarine's the word? From different angles. 
When we come up on it, it looks like an opera fan. From other angles, it looks like an open mouth. So the thing about this ship that I'm starting to appreciate is this thing I've been calling the sky deck. There's like a nodule, a hump, up top, and from there there are clear sight lines. You crawl up a ladder to get there, it's like a treehouse. That's where the canasta games get played. Hey, I could show you. One, one sec, let me... You have been placed on hold by... Captain Sophie Green? Please stay on the line. Sorry, did not mean to... I only meant to take it off video for a second. I wasn't wearing any pants. Okay. I can't show you everything because it's need-to-know proprietary information. Nice ceiling though, right? Nice walls. A lot of the ships I've been in have that spare spark plug look, you know? This is a little more streamlined. Oh, I? Wow, I look good in this light. Extra bonus to the night lighting. Damn. This is like that purple club glow? I never made that connection. Okay. Um, here's the ladder. I'm just gonna put you in my pocket for a second. A few rungs. Who cares how many? I won't quiz you on any of this. Here we are. So, uh, here. Look. And look. I don't think anyone who hasn't seen it knows... I don't think your average citizen realizes how beautiful it can be. Even when there's not a big aqua nebula, just the stars. Just asteroids. The edge of an atmosphere. For most people, it's out of sight, out of mind, maybe. But, like, once you get up here, you think about it all the time. Like, over here, look at... What's that? Unidentified craft sighted. Report to your stations. Unidentified craft sighted. Report. Pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up, pick up. We're on the good ASD connection now and you are still in PSA space. You should be able to pick up God. Okay. Okay. I'm trusting that you are okay. Because if you weren't okay, someone would have told me. Probably. I mean, I called General Woods and she told me the tortoise was still in the air and hadn't taken any damage, and while technically that doesn't cover the possibility of accidents or something going wrong inside the ship, I am choosing to believe that you're okay. She wouldn't give me any other information because she was um too busy yelling at me for wasting her time since I only have her direct line in case of, I don't know, urgent science matters coming up that would require a general's attention or something. I guess there's precedent. If you weren't okay, would someone tell me? Before it hit the newsreels, I mean. Shit. Sorry. It's just, um... Hmm. I think I'm still dealing with the last time I saw a friend die in front of me. Don't, um... Don't do that. Okay. I'm going to have to get used to this again. Last time around, Evelyn and I used to not talk about it when we wouldn't hear from you, and something particularly horrible was apparently happening at your last known location. There's an art to not thinking about it. I just need to remember how. I think we mostly watched horrible streams and complained about our coworkers. Hmm.
So, so the only other scientists my age, remember them? Yeah, they're staying after all. A stupid political thing. Their name is Moreau, and they're the only person on my team I didn't pick. Probably because they've never published anything intergalactically, so I had no chance of reading them in Rowley's classroom before the war started. Anyway, I don't like them. Shocking, I know. They keep doing this thing where they agree with me in a way that makes it seem like they're pointing out how I'm wrong, but I can't exactly discipline them for agreeing with me, and it's just annoying. <laughs> wow. I don't remember the last time I've been annoyed by anything that genuinely trivial. It's almost refreshing to be bothered by something on such a small scale. I'm... I'm gonna go watch a stupid stream now. Call me when you get a chance. Okay. This is Captain Sophie Green with a report for Agent Cullen. Sorry for the delay. I bet you... Nope. I've got nothing. The vice president for sarcasm is out to lunch. Let's just get to it. Last night, just after completing the sixth orbit, we made contact with an Egrin ship. It came up on us from the direction of the Teutonic belt. I'd say they were moving fast, but who knows what speed means to them. We didn't know it was an Egrin ship. It's not like they fly colors. It was just a big, bright slash. So we went to battle stations, obviously. Could have been faster, but not bad for the first time. We still don't know what kind of guns they had on there or how quickly they were likely to maneuver, so the idea was to just kind of clench and pray and not escalate unnecessarily. I have to say, the, de the recruits impressed me. The lieutenants held steady. Not easy to do with this big thing bearing down, not quite aiming at us, but not quite avoiding us either. What happened next was they got to within boarding distance and stopped. I've never seen a ship come out of motion that quickly. So there we both were, waiting. Protocol says it's time to hail them, and I figured, what the hell, they haven't fired at us yet, so I had Lieutenant Steptoe hail them. This part it's easier if I just send you. Stand by. This is the tortoise. Again, Lieutenant Steptoe. This is the tortoise, an exploration vessel. State your identity. Please. Please state your identity. All right, Lieutenant Salazar, keep us steady. Away from them, but not so it looks like we're keeping away from them. Then we'll... Jesus! Fucking hell. Sorry, Captain. Okay, let's assume... That's is it? The Egrin I've heard is more... That was recorded, Egrin. This is... conversational? Okay, well, Lieutenant Salazar, what are they saying? The others are coming. What else? No, this isn't... Give me a second. I'll summarize. We sat there for hours. All night. Lieutenant Steptoe asked them questions, and they answered back, and I have no idea whether they understood us. We couldn't understand them. But they didn't come any closer, and we didn't leave, and we just sort of fell into orbit together. Finally, 
Lieutenant Salazar told us they had figured it out. <laughs> Not the entire Egrin language, but, you know, words here and there. Turns out, before they joined the military, Lieutenant Salazar was a linguist. Go figure. Anyway. The words. Stop. Go. Run. Everyone's favorite. The others are coming. And a permutation on it, which Salazar thinks either means the others were seen, or the others are something. Like, you know, those horror streams, it's behind you, type thing. Basically, through a lot of guesswork, it came down to the fact that this ship of Agrins had at some point in their recent past, and sidebar question, how recent is their recent? Somehow, recently, they had seen another ship. And Lieutenant Salazar thinks that when they came up on us, they were running. I had Lieutenant Steptoe ask to see if we'd gotten it right. She asked, have you seen the others? Were there others where you came from? The answer was short, and then they were gone, just gone. I thought they were moving fast before, but after they left, I have to think that they were coming at us slowly with their hands showing, trying not to spook us. They wanted to talk. <clears throat> Hi, Jane. I'm alive. I turn the video on, but I look rough. All my limbs and everything, fine, not hurt, just tired. We met some Egerins. That's what was, that's who I saw before I hung up on you. Sorry to, uh, false alarm. But hey, it was a creepy-looking ship, and God, on Cassandra, even in the PSA, it would be expensive. Against the stars, it just looked like a slash or something, and they were moving so fast, and then they just weren't. It was probably the first time... It was impressive. I wanted to be on that ship to see what it felt like from the inside, but also all my hair stood up. Like, I looked at it, and it felt... wrong. Everything's fine. We tried to talk with them, but they gave up on us. <laughs> Anders was right. We do sound stupid to them. I wish I could play you what they sounded like. Like a demon-possessed, clogged drain. I couldn't tell you how I know this, but they were impatient with us. Anyway, that was that. They left. The show goes on. Stressful in the moment, but nothing to worry about. I'm glad I listened to your message before I did anything else, uh, when it was all over. I had a, I guess you could call it an urgent communique from General Betancourt, who was 0% happy that she'd gotten this almost contextless message from a PSA general asking whether the tortoise was still in the air. So you calling General Wood almost started a diplomatic incident, but don't worry about it because General Betancourt's out here leaving me messages that go, Chain of command, Captain Green. Tell your little friend about the chain of command. So, there's this thing called the chain of command. I may have mentioned it before. <laughs> uh, I shouldn't even be. <laughs> For officers, there's nothing explicit against remaining in contact with those on the ground, so long as we're not giving away the whole... But there are unwritten rules about, like, frequency. I guess it's not wise to build an expectation in your interlocutor. That way, if you go quiet, they won't worry. So, this is going to happen again. I'll add you to 
they'll tell you if it's bad. Night. You rang? Dr. Moreau. Good, I'm glad I caught you. You couldn't have caught me half an hour ago when we were sitting at the same conference table. You left the lab pretty quickly. I tried calling after you, but maybe you didn't hear me? Oh, yeah. I figured it could probably wait. You did. Well, the computer closed the notebook for the day, so... Right. Okay. Well, I wanted to talk to you. Did something go wrong in the last half hour? We haven't even done any chemistry yet, but I guess you do have a dramatic record. Did the filing cabinets catch fire? Smart boards blow up? I am not calling for reasons pertaining directly to our work. I wanted to talk to you. Oh. In that case, no. Excuse me? Yeah, you want to meet for tea and cookies and talk about putting aside our personal differences in pursuit of scientific truth. No thanks. I don't have any personal differences to put aside, actually. Seriously? Me, Medean? You, Cassandran? That's... What, are you implying I can't work with you because of my Cassandran bias? I don't know if you've heard, but I'm not a Cassandran citizen these days. But you're still shoving cookies down my throat. For... I don't want to take you out to tea, Moreau. I wanted to ask you a question about your graduate research. You studied xenobiology. I did. Although at this point, they're going to have to rename the degree Egerin Biology, since we now know for sure that it's not just us and them alone in the universe. Right. You've seen footage of the Canton dissection? Obviously. It's not like we can conduct Egerin dissections ourselves. Uh, have you not seen the Canton dissection? It wasn't part of psychemistry studies in Santa Pedra, so no. Sure, but you're, like, leading a team in researching the effects of tacitate residue on the brain, and your last subject was an alien, which I know because you talked about it on a late-night talk show. So... So it just seems weird to me that you wouldn't have seen our best and most complete reference of alien anatomy. I guess I'll have to watch it. In the meantime, though, it's great that I have the best experts in the PSA to explain things to me. And also, you. Oh, now I'm not an expert? Medea is not part of the PSA. Hey, what was your question? I'll try to make my answer accessible for you. I had a question about Egerin's speech. It means the others are coming. Not the translation, thanks. I wanted to know more about Egerin communication biologically. Okay. They have lungs, but they don't deflate the way mammalian lungs do. And they have four secondary air sacs that make them look the way they do. You know, all floaty and tall. And their vocal cords? They have one larynx and two syrinxes, which is how their language is so sophisticated. They've got a full set of wind instruments while we're fumbling along with the equivalent of one tiny violin, which you would know if you'd cracked open a second-year textbook. How does that compare to the other specimen collected by Cassandra? The Cassandran specimen had one larynx and two lungs, just like you and me. So we could hypothesize that when the others impersonate Egerins, they're not using their voice boxes to communicate with them. They're using telepathy to make the Egerins believe they are being communicated with. 
could. Where are you going with this? I just think it's interesting that after 60 years of human-Egerin interaction, we still struggle with even very basic Egerin communication. And what, you think the others do too? <laughs> wow, that's a leap. Like a big leap. Over a cliff. On a vine. A very big cliff and a very thin vine. <sighs> Thank you for lending me your expertise, Moreau. I hope you have a pleasant evening. Yeah. So glad to know we have a shared interest in the pursuit of scientific truth. Good night. Hi, Sophie. Sorry for my last message. I won't do that again. Impatient Egerins, huh? Talking with them must have been difficult. Any idea of what they were trying to tell you? All is well here. Just doing more science. Trying to keep peace in my lab. Uh, I guess I don't have much of an update to give. Sorry I'm not more animated. It's been a long week. I'm glad you're okay. Uh, talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Pasithea Powder. This was episode 13, Missing Things. Tune in next time to see if Jane and Sophie figure out how to talk to each other again. Captain Sophie Green was portrayed by Jackie Hedman. Dr. Jane Gonzalez was portrayed by Molly O'Gee. Kat Evans was Steptoe. Alyssa Park was Salazar. Director Moon was portrayed by Lauren Grace Thompson. George Moreau was voiced by Tim Briggs, and the voice of the computer was Cade Lebron. Narration by the spider dangling outside your living room window. Original music by Annie Moriando. If you've enjoyed our little story, we hope you'll tell your friends about us and rate and review us on iTunes. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. You can also find us on Twitter at Pasathea Powder or on our website, PasatheaPowder.com, where show scripts are available. To help us do what we do best, please consider becoming a patron. For bonus content and to support production costs, find us on Patreon or to make a one-time donation, visit our company. The Pasathea Powder was created by Bad Wine Productions. Dr. Gonzalez and Captain Green will return episode 14, Reservations.